You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's your inside pass to everything Saints football. And the kick is good. We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60. To practice, to the sideline, to the locker room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the 2022 season. That is going to be a touchdown. Taysom Hill. Taysom TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now, here are your hosts. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby! Welcome in, Saints fans. Inside Black and Gold, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak talking you up to Week 11 against those hated L.A. Rams, but not such a huge matchup like we might have thought in the beginning of the year. Both teams have really been struggling. The Saints at 3-6, and 7-3-7. 3-7. The Rams are 3-6. and six. They've dropped their last three, and Jeff... We do not have a quarterback change this week to talk about. Kind of surprising. Yeah, no, this is going to be one of those weeks, right? So we're going to get into we're going to get into the Andy Dalton versus Jameis Winston stuff. Da came out and told us yesterday, Andy Dalton's going to be the guy that's going to pilot this plane directly into the ground, right? <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. We're also going to have some injury updates. I think there's some interesting things developing with Cam Jordan. I want to talk about that, and then uh, we're going to hear from Deuce McAllister. I thought he had some really interesting comments about. Both Andy Dalton and David Johnson, who we're going to hear from as well in the second segment. And then we're going to hear from Kevin Schatz, host of the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast, to get the lowdown on what's going on with the Rams, who, you know, if you think the Saints suck, at least you're not the Rams. Because, you know, they don't even have any fans. I got a great story, too, to share about Deuce when we get into his stuff. Yes. Yes, that is very funny. Uh, And uh, I'll I'll let you you hear about that already. Yeah, I know. It's very funny, uh, but I'll let you, we'll get into that in a minute. First, here is what Dennis Allen actually had to say 
when we spoke with him on the conference call, which has become the de facto breaking news call of the week. He loves he loves giving us breaking news on a conference call for some reason. I think it's because he doesn't have to look at any of us. But this is what he had to say yesterday on that conference call. Yeah, we're going to go with uh, with Andy. We uh, discussed it as a staff. I uh, got an opportunity to talk to both quarterbacks, um, and we feel like right now that uh, you know Andy's the direction that we want to go. And uh, listen, guys, I, you know I know that's always going to be a hot button topic, but uh, you know if we decide to make any sort of change, that we'll we'll certainly let you know. I think the overall riding theme with this whole football team is we got a lot of areas that we have to improve on, and 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 so uh, that's what we're going to focus on. That's the direction they want to go. He added that, you know, again, he said this earlier in the week too, that James is not 100%. He probably won't be 100%, which, you know, fine. I'm glad we're admitting that now. But it is a strange thing to hear four weeks after you said that, okay, he's healthy, but we're going with Andy. And it was an offensive decision. Now the offense has struggled and James is hurt again, right? And so that wasn't the only factor he brought up, but it was a, it, it's part of it. And, you know, from what I've been hearing, it's like, DA just doesn't believe in Jameis. And I think that's become clearer and clearer as we've gone forward. Well, what's clearer and clearer, too, is the fact that we're saying Jameis Winston isn't 100%. Why isn't he on the injury report at all? Well, so, you know, I, I have heard that a few times. But keep in mind, like, the injury report exists basically to explain why people aren't participating and why and the people who might miss the game. Now, if he is getting in full practices and he is not in danger of missing a game – then he doesn't have to be on the injury report. So he's healthy? <laughs> Again, it's like there's a lot of guys who are dealing with stuff that aren't on the injury report, right? Like just because you're not on the injury report doesn't mean you're 100%. Like Alvin Kamara hasn't been on the injury report. He's been dealing with a rib issue all year. Taysom Hill hasn't been on the injury report. He's been dealing with a rib issue all year. But as long as he's a full participant in practice, they don't have to list him on the injury report. Yeah, to me, it just, I guess you want to call it the optics of it look very... Just It just doesn't look right when you're saying that Jameis isn't 100% healthy to play, but meanwhile, he's also, he's not in the injury report, and two, he's healthy enough to be your primary backup quarterback, so he's just a play away from getting in there if Dalton goes down. Well, and I think that's why he's saying he's not putting it on the health as the reason, and I think that's why he didn't want to put it on the health as the reason last time either, because, yeah, I mean, he could go in there and play, like, it is a decision that he's making to stay with Andy Dalton. Jameis would go in there and play. He said he sat down with Jameis and Andy. So it's really he, – he is answering the health question because we're asking the health question. The only reason he brought up the health was because we brought up the health, if that makes sense. Like he wasn't going to say anything about Jameis not being 100% until he was asked. Yeah, like I, I, I truly don't believe that his back is fully healed right now. But no, I, it's not. I, to, to me, to me, it's just odd that it's it's not on the injury report. But I guess, like you're saying, if he's able to practice fully, it's something you don't have to worry about listing. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of, okay, so like the thing is, the injury report doesn't exist to say, okay, these are the guys who aren't feeling well, right? The injury report exists to be a competitive balance. It is there for other teams. It is not there for the Saints. And so the reason you list players on the injury report is because by rule, you have to if they are not participating in practice and if they are in danger of missing the game. If if every team had their way, they would not give you an injury report at all. It does not benefit right. the team 
to put a guy on the injury report. They do it because it's the rules. And so by following the rules, if he is fully participating in practice, you don't have to have him on there. I think that's the case for a lot of guys. Anyway, I don't think it's as, as big a deal as people are making it out to be, but I think it is pretty clear at this point that Dennis Allen does not believe in Jameis Winston. And I don't know if there is any trigger for him to get back in the game beyond DA, I'm sorry, Andy Dalton going down with an injury. Like, I don't think that there's going to, we, he can say it's performance-based all he wants, but I don't believe that to be true. I think that Andy could go out there and throw another three interceptions and you could lose 30 to 10 and he would still keep that job. I think that's the point we're at right now. See, I'm more on the side where I feel like if we see Dalton struggling on Sunday against the Rams early on, I think there's a good chance after halftime we could see Winston in the game. See, but I, I, I think in a vacuum, I would agree with you. If that was just, <laughs> if this was just kind of like, okay, you know, there's no impact of the coaching whatsoever, then yes, it would make sense. If Andy Dalton struggles, you put in Jameis Winston. I don't believe that Dennis Allen believes in Jameis Winston and he wouldn't do it just in the sense that like he doesn't want to have to answer these questions every week. So I just don't believe it. But here's what Deuce had to say on the subject. And I think Deuce had a really good kind of read on the situation. So is it like, well, let's see what Dalton's going to do this game. Then if he does well, he stays in there. If he doesn't do well, then we make changes. What is your take on that? Well, it, 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 it's a tough situation. I mean, because, you know, the premises was because the offense was playing really well. The last two weeks, the offense hasn't right. played well. And, you know, we can, we can, we can, you can say, well, they hadn't had this player, that player. Yeah, that's true. All of that is true, but at the end of the day, it's 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 about performance, and so for them to stick with Andy, that kind of tells you um, from the mindset of where they were, and you know we can say, well, I don't know if James is going to be a hundred percent, and and Coach Allen even said that himself. I don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent at all the rest of the year. Right. But to be honest, no player, no player yeah, exactly. is going to be a hundred percent that that plays in the NFL. You know, as far as for the rest of the year. It, it 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 has to be something from a limitation standpoint, or they just felt, look, offensively, this is what we're comfortable doing. We haven't executed well the last two weeks, but we feel that Andy gives us the best chance to go out there and do what we need to do, and you know that's what that's what they're going with. Yeah, and I think that last part is 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 exactly right. Like it's pretty clear this coaching staff feels that Jameis does not operate the way that they want within that offense, and they feel more comfortable with Andy in there. Now, whether you believe that to be true is another question, but I think it, that what they have done and what they have shown you is that that is the case. It's pretty surprising to me, honestly, considering the fact that I believe, at least I heard the fact that when Jameis, when Winston was healthy, he'd be inserted back as the starting quarterback. And I guess you're going to say that Technically, he's never going to be 100% the rest of the season. So, you know, it's Andy's show to run. But, you know, if if there's another stinker performance on this offense where they're putting up, you know, what was it, 13 points last game, uh, 10 points last game, 13 against the Ravens, there's got to come into question that they need some kind of spark and you would think it would start at quarterback. If that was going to be the case, it would be the case right now, right? Like that's where I'm at. And I think yeah. that they are they are fully prepared to to pilot this plane directly into the ground with Andy Dalton at the controls. And, you know, maybe he's able to turn this thing around. Who knows? The injury report, which we just got a few minutes ago, it's going to be hard to do that this week, right? Like we what we've seen in this injury report is you are not going to get anybody back, <laughs> or at least doesn't look like you're going to get anybody back that you were without. 
Right. And you may be missing players that you went into last week with, right? So if the last week's injuries made it impossible to win, then you are going to be in the exact same situation this week. And what what did you see out of practice today? I've actually been – I have stayed home from this facility all week because I've been feeling under the weather, but Steve has been out there. What did you see out there today? No, the, the big glaring absence, obvi- uh, I think, is not seeing Cam Jordan out there. He's been dealing with an eye injury, and he kind of had a tweet that, you know, made you a little concerned of what's going on with him right now Basically, you know, you can control what you can control kind of thing he put out there. And it makes you think that now missing two straight days of work. We'll see what happens on Friday, though. But there's a really large chance that this will be the first time he's going to miss action non-COVID related. Yeah, it was a cryptic tweet. And it's funny because every cryptic tweet from a Saints player right now is like, oh, he's talking about Dennis Allen. No, that's not what it was. I think he was very much talking about the fact that he has, doesn't miss games with injuries. And if if you're finding out for the first time that you're going to miss a game because of whatever issue he's dealing with with that eye, which was gouged early on against the Steelers and he played through it, basically said he played with one eye 95% of that game. But those injuries can be significant, especially if you have to have procedures done. You know, like your orbital bone is not the strongest bone in your body. And you've seen that like a tight end for the Giants. He got gouged in the eye a few weeks ago and he's going to be out for the season. Like he had like his face fractured. So it's like you get hit in the right spot, you know. But yeah, so that's something to watch. Um, He has missed two days of practice. The only guys who got back from this injury report, Josh Andrews returned. He was dealing with an illness. He got back, so it looks like you at least have your backup center, so you won't have to be starting your backup backup center, which would probably be Caesar Ruiz. So really, it just means like instead of having to start Caesar at center and start a backup for Caesar, you at least should have Josh Andrews, um, which better than nothing. Uh, and then you also got Ryan Ramchek, who returned, also had an illness. So whatever illness right. they had was a twenty-four hour book. Yeah, and I mean things are going around right now, so who knows? You know, with the change of weather too. That Maybe they just have, what, what is it called? Can... Sad seasonal affective disorder. Right, right. There you go. Or they're depressed. I, I guess you can say, though, at least thankfully, it's not a COVID situation where they're sidelined for an extended period of time. I mean, the they could have COVID. <laughs> no one tests for it anymore. No, that's true. You're right there. I uh, I didn't think about that fact either. You're right. No one's testing for that anymore. So that's that's really not an issue. It's the flu now. I, I will say, you know, uh, did not see, obviously, Pete Werner still practicing. Didn't see James Hurst practicing. Uh, but the good... I'll say a positive at least was seeing both in the locker room. Pete Warner had a a walking boot on last week and that's completely shed looks to be walking fine right now. Uh, Hopefully uh, obviously, you know, still missing practice this week. So it doesn't look like he's on track to play Sunday, but coming back the following week definitely looks like a positive right now to me. Like I said, since he's out of that boot and walking around the locker room, it seems like with no issue. I think Nick Underhill reported that he had surgery, which would explain the boot, and he's ahead of schedule. But I would be surprised if you see him before the bye week. Yeah, How many I mean, we got to bye right now. That's after the Bucks game, so they have three more games. Wow. Okay. Yeah, then, that's, that, that's December, right? Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's a reasonable amount of time if you're dealing with an ankle injury, right? It's just an awkward amount of time because oh, and, and here's something that actually let's go through this, and then I want to go into an IR rant. So Mark Ingram still out with a knee injury. James Hurst, obviously, out with a concussion. JT Gray didn't practice today with a hamstring injury. That's one to watch. Marcus Davenport is still out with a calf injury. 
Jarvis Landry still has that ankle issue. He's been limited the last two days, but he did play through that. Hopefully he can get out there. But I do think he looked limited in that game. And if he is still dealing with his injury, who knows how effective he will continue to be. Cam Jordan missed, as we mentioned. Marshawn Lattimore still out with an abdomen issue. It's a significant injury. You know, like I keep hearing, seeing people saying, oh, he just doesn't want to play. It's like, no, he's dealing with a kidney injury and cracked ribs. Like it's not like something that he's just he's just milking it. There's another one I, I I question the team, though, on that is the fact that why wasn't Lattimore put on injured reserve? It was pretty clear he was not going to be back in four games. Well, OK, and I'm going to get into that. But OK, so Malcolm Roach was limited with an ankle issue. Pete Werner obviously did not practice with an ankle with the ankle issue. And then Marcus May, who has been limited the last two weeks with or the last two days with an abdomen issue. Andres Pete tricep issue. He is a DNP the last two days. OK, so injured reserve. Right. People seem to question not going on injured reserve as if you go on injured reserve and suddenly you're in the hyperbolic time chamber and you're getting better at a faster rate because just for the sole fact that you're on injured reserve. No, you just free up a roster spot. So unless you need that roster spot, there is no incentive to put a player on injured reserve. Now, I think people have forgotten in covid they made it so you had an unlimited number of IR spots that you could bring back, right? That has changed this year. You can only bring back eight players. And so early in the season, you're like, yeah, okay, he's going to miss six weeks. You're going to put him on injured reserve. But now you have used four of those. You have Bradley Roby still on injured reserve. He's probably going to be one of them. You have Eric McCoy on injured reserve. He's probably going to be one of those too. So that means you have six. So, like, if you had put Marshawn Lattimore on injured reserve, that would mean you're looking at seven slots used when he does eventually come back. If you put everybody that everyone is complaining about on injured reserve and tried to bring them back, you would have already used all eight return slots or at least have accounted for them. So you would then not have any left for the last six weeks of the season, right? So that's why you don't put guys on injured reserve unless you need that roster spot, which uh, that was the case with Eric McCoy, right? You needed to sign somebody to fill that spot. So you put him on injured reserve. Alante Taylor went on injured reserve, right? So you could bring up Chris Harris and sign him to the active roster. So it's not just that they're going to be out four weeks. It also has to coincide with we need that roster spot because as you go down the line, you will eventually run out of spots where you can bring guys back. Yeah, like I said, though, to me, the the whole issue with Lattimore is the fact that, man, I still don't even know if he's going to make it back for the end of the season. You know, you hear about what he's dealing with, and it just it's disturbing. It hurts, obviously, to not have your top guy out there. And you would think they would need to add more depth at the secondary anyway. It's not necessarily that you need to add depth at the specific position the guy is out at. Sure. It's really, okay, you need a roster spot. But, like... You have guys inactive every week, right? Like Marquez Callaway wasn't active. Like you can only have 48 guys active on game days. So if you are constantly having this person, this person, this person inactive, it's not a question of roster spots. Now, if you have enough people out hurt that, you know, you have to bring somebody back. I wouldn't be surprised if you see someone revert to injured reserve this week. But I'm just saying like, it's annoying to see people constantly be like, well, why isn't he on IR? He's being out this long because like being on IR doesn't help you recover. It just, it's that it's really just a calculation of roster spots. And the NFL does that for a reason because they don't want teams to just stash guys on IR who don't need to be there. Now in Marshawn's case, sure. Like he's going to be out a while. It, it maybe it would have made sense to put him on injured reserve, but 
the team clearly didn't feel like they needed that spot and they put Eric McCoy there instead. So I don't know. But like, I, I've seen that criticism a lot. And it's like, I think people haven't adjusted to the fact that the COVID rules have cha- or the, the rules have changed since COVID in terms of injured reserve and returns. And you can also elevate guys from the practice squad three times and that doesn't count against your active roster limit. So that's part of it too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, the hits just keep on coming with this squad. It's just been a lot of frustration, I think. And that's what's, you know, helped build a lot of angst, been percolating because of that. Yeah, well, it, it's here's the thing. Like, I think there is a lot of reasons you can go out and criticize this coaching staff and the front office and some of the decisions they've made. I think that's grasping at straws. <laughs> like, I think that's just looking for something to complain about. Because like, yeah, they're dealing with a lot of injuries, but like you hope to get guys back, you know, like Mark Ingram, I think they would hope to get him back at four weeks. So if you put him on IR and you bring him back again, you you know, you're limiting that. So the issue is you have guys that are going to be out for extended periods of time. And I don't know how you work around them. Like Pete Werner, Eric McCoy is obviously on IR, Mark Ingram, Marshawn. And so it's just, that's a lot of inactive players that, you don't really have a chance to fill in for. When the the inactives on game day are all five hurt players, then that's tough because it really limits your ability to do a lot of things. And but again, but that's not even the case right now, right? Like Marquez Callaway was inactive so we could get a a great look at Kevin White on a on the go route. And so, you know, clearly they don't feel like they need that roster spot. Yeah, in case that rant feels like it's been saved up for a while, it has. Cause I just like there's so many just so so many critical people on like social media. Like everyone's got a everyone's got all the answers, you know. <laughs> that's that's your you know the negatives about social media. Obviously, is that everybody's an expert. Yeah, right. Everyone knows everything, and everyone all the coaches are dumb as long as things aren't going the way that they think it should go. I don't know. <laughs> that's all. That's all I got there. Any other injury notes you want to make before we move on? No, just the fact that, uh, you know, seeing more of Trevor Penning at practice is a, a yep. positive and hopefully, you know, I don't, he's not going to be ready for this week, but, you know, possibly, a, you know, the, the following game, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But, you know, he's still a guy that not just is getting into, you know, back in the flow of things, but he's got to get into game shape. Yeah, yeah, I think he's getting closer. I think you wanted to see a full week of practice from him before you made a determination one way or the other and you're not going to throw him into the fire this week but that means that you're looking at probably another week of Landon Young maybe Lewis Kidd at left tackle uh, because James Hurst still hasn't cleared the concussion protocol and maybe he does tomorrow but it seems like it's a long shot and so yeah that's it's going to be rough. All right, that's going to wrap up that segment of Inside Black and Gold. We're going to come back and talk more about David Johnson, guy on the practice squad who I think you're going to get the good look at the next few weeks. And we have a full interview from him. Then we're going to talk to Kevin Schatz from the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast to give us a lowdown on the Rams. Stick around. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. My name is Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast. And Saints fans can subscribe to a new running back this week. It's a player that they saw momentarily in the preseason, and he is now back. He he saw the error of his ways, and he decided to join the Saints practice squad. And that's David Johnson of 2016 Never Got Tackled fame. One of the, like one of the greatest running back seasons of all time, and that's not hyperbole. It truly was. And the Saints now have him on the practice squad. I expect him to be elevated this week. I don't know how much he can learn that offense in four days, but you know, I think he's a guy they're going to be eager to incorporate. Yeah, and I was you know kind of surprising to see that Jordan Howard just did not last long here. You know, getting rid of him along with another back made it pretty obvious that they were going to be in the market for another running back and. Uh, I made that comment about it was unfortunate that they didn't get their hands on a young guy like Eno Benjamin, but we did find out they did have an unsuccessful waiver claim for him. He ended up in Houston, which is, you know, kind of like all this connected dots because David Johnson went from Arizona to Houston and now he's in New Orleans. I don't know. You can, it's, it, it all kind of works together there, but uh, a guy that definitely made it seem like you know, he's excited to be here, commented about the coaching staff, the culture here. And we talk about social media. That got a ton of criticism. Yeah, and we got to catch up with David in the locker room yesterday. And here is that uh, full interview. I think it's just the right time. Um, obviously, everything going on, the running back position, uh, talking to, you know, my good friend, Mark Ingram, who's uh, dealing with his uh, knee and stuff. So uh, I just felt like, you know, I want to be here and, and uh, hopefully help get them some wins. How do you think you can help the team? Uh, obviously, uh, just running back. Um, hopefully, you know, learn the playbook pretty fast, and that way I can be utilized as a receiver as well. Um, and hopefully I can just come out and do everything right uh, and, you know, uh, help out the offense as much as possible. How much of the playbook did you pick up from when you were here before? Was that just kind of too short of, of a time? Yeah, that was too short. Um, yeah. They really just wanted to see me move at the time, yeah, yeah. so I didn't really learn uh, the playbook as much. Um, but, you know, it's been in the league for so long uh, and figuring out how to uh, learn new deep offenses. I mean, last like six years in a row. So uh, luckily, I've been able to figure out how to, uh, for myself, figure out how to pick up offenses pretty fast. How does it mentally, how tough do you have to be to kind of maybe bounce around and pick your spots and figure out where you're going from here to there? Because it can change pretty quickly. It has for you. Yeah. Um, that's probably one of the, the hardest things is trying to, uh, stay consistent on the team and try to help out the team as much as possible. Mentally, that's that's draining, and not really for me. It's more for my family. You know, uh, I got three kids now, a wife, and just uh, be, have to uh, uplift, uproot them, <laughs> uproot them. You know, uh, each year and have them go to different places uh, is probably the toughest thing. What is it about the Saints that you like, though? 
The atmosphere, the atmosphere, the winning uh, culture, uh, you know, the coaching staff. Like I said, I, I know a couple of players on the team, like Mark, um, you know, and he's, you know, told me nothing but good things about the Saints. And you, I mean, just Louisiana in general is a, a great sports uh, environment, especially playing in that dome. I mean, that's uh, probably one of the loudest places I ever played. And luckily now I don't have to deal with that, <laughs> that noise anymore. Did you, you just get here? Yeah, I literally just got here. <laughs> so I got here uh, last night at like 10. I was supposed to fly in. It's supposed to be a quick flight from Houston, but there was a whole ordeal with the, the plane <laughs> and some, I guess, weight balance. So we were in the on the plane for like three hours. We were on the plane uh, longer than we were in the air. And so, um, you know, luckily, lucky to be here, though, and excited for the opportunity. Did you have the opportunity? Did they offer you a deal? Or, I mean, could you have? join the team in the summer or? no we just you know couldn't you know come to agreement but uh, i'm definitely glad to be here now though and did you have you turned down opportunities to play and we're waiting for like a, a right moment right opportunity or? yeah just waiting for the right opportunity um something that fits me uh, the offense that fits me um the, like i said the personnel the coaching and just wanted to be on a winning culture what's something you look for that would fit you in that way then Here's the, the way they use Alvin. You know, everyone knows how they use Alvin in a great way of not just running the ball and getting, you know, um, physically beat up that way. Um, you know, they split him out wide. He runs a lot of free routes. And so that's one of the things that really drove me to sign here. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of tailor-made interview answering going on there. Sure. But uh, one one thing that, you know, caught my attention in that answer was basically the answer of, okay, why'd you sign here? And he gave the kind of the, it's, you know, the package, like, oh, the atmosphere and the winning culture and the coaching staff. Yeah, and, and so I find the coaching staff just drew fans off the ledge, I think. Well, I tweeted that, like, just that quote. I didn't give any, like, indication one way or the other of how people <laughs> should react to it. But, like, my Twitter has been blowing up all day. It has, like, 200 quote tweets and, like, 200 replies, you know, along the lines of, Sounds like we signed a time-traveling David Johnson from years ago. Good move for the Saints. Sounds better than they were the only offer. <laughs> he is lying. LOL, the coach he is referring to is retired. One out of three pretty, ain't bad. <laughs> it's, it's pretty savage, but I will say a lot of it is money talks because obviously they, they could not come uh, up with enough compensation for him to join the team previously. I'm wondering uh, what was so different now this time around. Yeah, I think he was looking for a different type of type of contract. You know, I think that he wanted a little bit more and he wasn't able to find that deal. So now and now here he is. But yeah, and I think it, it's a it's the right time for him to show up here. And the 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 Texans to Saints route has been crowded the last few years. <laughs> yes. So, you know, like Bradley Roby, um, there was at least one more. Mark Ingram, obviously. Yeah. There was at least one other player. I think they signed a defensive tackle from the Texans. Huggins, maybe? Albert Huggins, I think, was a Texans defensive tackle. Either way, you know, the Saints clearly like to work with the Texans front office. They feel comfortable with their development. And so, you know, you kind of get that. But by that logic, you know, Benjamin will be here um, within the next two seasons. But yeah, so David Johnson. Now, like, I know it's probably easy to forget just how good he was in the 2016 season. But these stats... 1,239 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, 80 catches for 879 yards and four more touchdowns. 2,118 total yards and 20 touchdowns. On an offense that was not, you know, prolific, right? Like 
he was that good. And then he dealt with an ankle injury. And as we've seen, ankle injuries can derail your entire career. And, you know, that's kind of what happened. You know, he had almost as much rushing total yards in his first two seasons as he's had in the last six. But one thing he did say was that, and he said this in the interview, is he was drawn here in part because, you know, he's a very good receiver at the running back position. And he likes how they use Alvin Kamara. So, you know, maybe that is something as you kind of call him up over the next few weeks, maybe they can incorporate him out wide more and uh, and get some of that uh, going. Yeah, obviously, you mentioned, you know, David Johnson's numbers from the past and uh, a huge receiving threat coming out the backfield. It'll be interesting to see if they're able to utilize that. I mean, I hope, you know, that one Twitter comment, we are able to go back in the time machine with him because after going to Houston, he really was never the same running back. No, no. And the Cardinals were very right to to ship him out for DeAndre Hopkins. Huge, that was right. the, that was the trade. It was David Johnson effectively for DeAndre Hopkins because Bill yeah. O'Brien was like just tearing that franchise down in real time. It was wild. But I thought Deuce had Deuce had some good uh, insight in into you know how the Saints might use David Johnson, kind of why they brought him in. And uh, here's that minicamp, and he would have probably got a better deal if what he wanted wasn't what he was asking for. Let me put it that way. He wanted too much money. <laughs> that, 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 that probably could have gotten done over the summer, but it didn't. He's here now. Uh, we'll see how it works out. He looked good when he, when he was there. I mean, he looked explosive. I don't know how his workout went. Apparently it went fairly well. I don't know, you know, the ins and outs of all that, but apparently he's, he stayed in pretty good shape. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he will probably get a few reps. Uh, you know, I know that they use Dwayne uh, Washington a little bit at that, that number two tailback spot. And, you know, Mark is still banged up with the knee injury. So, you know, you figure uh, he will get some 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 run this, this upcoming week. And, you know, the biggest thing for me when you look at this Saints offense as far as, and I know you guys are talking about Taysom uh, and, and using him as a runner, teams are going to play Taysom a certain way. Yep. You kind of saw that this past weekend. You saw it really the last two weekends. And so if teams have that type of personnel, you can use Taysom as a runner from the quarterback position kind of fully. But good teams, they're not going to allow you to run quarterback power because they're going to they're gonna beat you to the spot. They are going to rush that defensive end off of the edge, and there is no way that you can expect a guard to come over and try to kick him out. It, 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 it's not going to happen. Now, you can go to some some other type of looks to try to balance it out a little bit as far as formation-wise to, to slow that down. But if I have the open edge and I'm running to that, you know, to that side, it's, just, it's not going to happen. I mean, because he's gonna he's gonna knife down too 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 fast, and so yeah, Caesar Ruiz couldn't get to, to him. Nope. There's no way to, for him to get to him though. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. There's the, the, his 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 path <clears throat> and the angle that he's taking. There's no way that you're asking that guard to get over. You know, it, Deuce, it won't happen. Yeah, and, and it you won't br- happen, Bobby. That's what I'm telling you. Right, and then you bring up David Johnson. You know, I you know this is this is part of NFL history. Now you might say, well, let "Wait, me finish first before because oh, okay. you're gonna take me. You're gonna let me finish my whole thought. They've okay. got to be able to get a, a, a runner inside another guy that they feel comfortable with running inside for short yardage uh, and tough inside runs. 
I mean, because there may be a situation this upcoming week that you've got to have tough inside runs. And this is no knock against 41 or Alvin because Alvin is outstanding. But you don't want Alvin doing that consistently. And if I bring Taysom in, it's almost like it's automatic what you're going to do with him at that position. And so that's just kind of the mindset or what you see, kind of what has happened when he's come in and when when it hadn't worked. But I'm sorry, Bobby, go ahead. No, it, it was talking about because we don't have Mark Ingram, so you need to uh, have a running back that does that. Well, we can cut off Bobby just like Deuce did. I did appreciate that he was like, no, Bobby, shut up. <laughs> let, me, let me finish what I'm saying. But he does make a good point there, and I think I've had people say, like, well, why isn't Taysom their RB2? And it's like, no, you, you really need an actual running back to spell Alvin in those situations where you do just want to pound the ball and see what you can get done. And you don't want to just have Alvin bang his head against the wall 10 times a game, right? Like, so you need someone in that role that can just line up behind the quarterback and take a handoff. And that's just not what you're going to have Taysom do. So I think that's a good point that uh, Deuce is making there. Talking about Deuce, man, we're lucky we even had him for the Pittsburgh Steelers game. He had quite the adventure (laughs) after calling the uh, Kentucky Vanderbilt game for the SEC Network, actually flew to Philadelphia and never realized that he was in the wrong city, even went to the hotel looking for his reservation. And because there were buses and team trucks around the hotel because of the 76ers, whoever they were playing, and then also the commanders were in town for the Eagles game, (laughs) it looked like the same. there was a football team there, and it took a while for him to click and then ended up having to go on. It was like planes, trains, automobiles for him, took like a – I think it was like a five six hundred dollar Uber ride from <laughs> from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, and he made it there for kickoff. He was not late at all. So props to Duke, but man, that he had a hell of a trip on uh, last week. He went Luckily, to the wrong city. I, I love I love the comment. It was either Christian or Bobby saying, "Well, thank God it's a home game this week, so you can't mess that up." If he ends up in Baton Rouge, I'll have questions. <laughs> but yeah, like that's so funny. Like he just booked, like it was like, oh, I'm in the right state. <laughs> I went right. to Pennsylvania. <laughs> Close enough. And I was like, hey, he's just doing some pre-scouting for New Year's Day. Yeah. yeah, he knows the route now. He can get there. That's so funny. Like that's just something that like, it's like if you told me that and it, like I wouldn't believe you. Like just going to the wrong, like flying to the wrong city. And not only, not only going to the wrong city, going all the way to the hotel and then Nothing like clicked giving the desk attendant a hard time because it was like, I know I made the reservation. What are you talking about? Right, There's I'm only staying one with of the these team that's here right now. <laughs> oh, it's too funny. But no, I, I, uh, it's giving him a hard time, but, uh, Deuce, Deuce is great. I appreciate Deuce a lot. Um, but yeah, that I think he made a how, how much the man's working. He doesn't even know where he's going. Right. He's too busy. He's got, he's got things going on. He's flying around the country for SEC football games on Saturdays. And then he goes and calls the game for us. And, you know, sometimes he ends up in the wrong city. It's just, it's a natural thing. Like I said, just doing scouting for for the, uh, later on in the week. Yeah. But, uh, now that's, that's about bit all I have on David Johnson. I'm excited. Like I, I, I thought that they were going to keep him around in the preseason DA said that they liked what they saw and they wanted to keep him around, but they just couldn't come to a deal. And, you know, I, I do think it's, it's annoying to me that you play hardball with a, with a free agent, you know, like, like, it's like, you really couldn't f- pony up the dough to, to keep David Johnson around. You couldn't Wait, pony how up far the dough to keep CJ around. Like, a huge deal either for a veteran. No, I mean, what could he have possibly been asking for? Probably a exactly. second year. He probably wanted a multi-year deal. Like that's probably what it was. I mean, 
he was hopeful. One of the things he did say during his interview that I think is is part of it too is one of the more difficult parts is moving his family. And you know, he's in Houston. He probably didn't want to try to relocate them for you know a non guaranteed one year deal that could end. You know, and so and I think that's probably part of it. But you know, it would have been nice to have him here from the beginning of the year because I think he's a guy who you could definitely have used in that week two game. And he literally literally had his luggage in the locker room when we were talking to him. He had just arrived. There was all kinds of flight issues, you know, getting to New Orleans. And he was surprisingly in a great mood, really talkative. You could tell he's personable, very friendly. Man, I'd have been so cranky if I had been delayed that long. And the Saints now have two former Northern Iowa Panthers. What? (laughs) Yeah. They're the ones Trevor Penning. They have two LSU players and two Northern Iowa players. Hey, hopefully we'll see both on the field together soon. I wonder if they even know about each other. (laughs) (laughs) Reminisce about the old alma mater. Yeah. (laughs) The old, the old Niowa, as I like to call it. That's it. All right. That's going to wrap that up. That's all we got on David Johnson. Hopefully he plays this weekend. Hopefully we can see him. Hopefully he has a good time. Hopefully his flights end up in the right city. Unlike deuces. And then hopefully, yeah, some other team doesn't claim him off the practice squad. Good point. Well, I, I don't think the Saints couldn't get him to, to show up for a one-year deal. I don't think he's going to do that for, for whatever team tries to sign him. But why do these players keep getting signed off the Saints practice squad? Taco Charlton got signed. So that's three players this season have been signed off the Saints practice squad. Like, leave, leave the damn practice squad alone. Can't you find a defensive end somewhere else? Like, is that really the best option? Or are you just being a dick? I think people are also enamored with the fact that he's a former first-round draft pick, too. So there's always that that hope that maybe we can mold him into that guy he was supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but the, the Eric Wilson ends up on the Packers, you know? <laughs> like, why? What What is it about the Saints practice squad that has these fucking teams showing up? And Anyway, I don't, I don't know. It's annoying to me, but I don't even care because the taco chart was never going to see you. But either way, that's the end of this segment. We don't need to ramble anymore. We're going to come back with Kevin Schatz, host of the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast and we are going to talk more about the rams a team that if any has been more disappointing than the saints it's been them at least they won a super bowl last year though no comment And we're back here on Inside Black and Gold. And as we told you earlier, we have a special guest. My name is Jeff Nowak alongside Steve Geller. We are joined by Kevin Schatz, host of the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast covering the L.A. Rams. How you doing, man? Great mustache. <laughs> is that why I'm a special guest? Is it because of the mustache as opposed to just a guest? Is that what's yes. going on? Yes. And like, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't understand, I'm not just joking around. It's a fantastic mustache. How, 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 much, how much time every week do you spend grooming uh, the mustache? You know, what's funny is um, if I'm actually waxing it because it, it's a handlebar mustache, it has the curls on it. Then it takes it only takes like four or five minutes to actually comb. I literally comb wax in it and I put some wax on the side. Otherwise, it takes, you know, I just wake up and I and I kind of brush it. But I've realized through podcasting, which we use for this podcast, another one I do, we use a lot of video. I spend a lot of time just like <laughs> using my fingers and running it through it. I, I look like I'm obsessed with it, but I got to keep it out of my mouth and keep it trained. It's like anything else. So, um, yeah. If you told me it was like a like a costume mustache, I would believe you. It's it's that intense. 
Um, but we, Thanks. you know, and, and to be honest, this is more entertaining to talk about than, than the Saints <laughs> yeah. and the Rams. But we will get into it. So uh, answer this question for me. Just how miserable is it being a Rams fan right now? It is it is so difficult. I was going to make the exact same joke you just did. I was like, can we just talk about the? Can we stick with the mustache because that's way easier to talk about right now than the Rams. It's been a it's been a dreary year. And my my co-host and I, Larry, we we joke about um, how is is it our fault? Like the podcast didn't exist until <laughs> until and then we do when the team starts sucking. You know, so it's been hard. Uh, you know, in terms of of the podcast itself it's harder to find content it's harder to and and in LA we're trying to build this fan base still so right. we were, were coming off a Super Bowl championship season you know again talking a little selfishly we launched this podcast and we're very excited because we're like all right the fan base is going to grow and they're going to grow with us and then and then we're just laying an egg all season the Rams are and it's <laughs> like it is the very... title of the podcast it seems yeah. to indicate that you anticipated the good times continuing <laughs> totally bandwagon empties well, out pretty quickly when you start three and six right may have been a little bit optimistic with the with the name that's what, i mean look we were like all right all the there's all these young fans wearing cooper cup jerseys and matthew stafford jerseys we're like yes people are gonna jump on our bandwagon and if anything people are probably leave we're, we're doing our best to be like hey la people who have had uh you know who who have not had an la fan base to root for and so you you've been rooting for the packers or the saints for example why don't you come and root for your local team but but People are not, it's a hard sell right now. It's a hard sell in LA. So I was uh, remarking that I've been amazed this week, at least around, you know, the Saints media room or what I've seen or heard it all. There has been no Rams hate week building up. And obviously, the Nola no call is still a huge thing here. Oh, and yeah. there's just been no talk wow. about that NFC championship game. That, yeah, that's that's very interesting, too. I have not heard that either because, yeah, you're right. The Rams were public enemy number one. I don't have to tell sure. you this in New Orleans for that for that for that no call. And maybe it maybe it's because we have a different quarterback. It's sort of a different team. It's been long enough. And I, I, I don't know, I, I guess in some ways I'd, I'd be asking you that, like, why do you think that is? You know, I'm sitting here in L.A. like, hey, this team is hard to hard to hate. But I'm I don't sit in New Orleans saying that. So um, yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. But I haven't heard any talk about it either. To be quite to be quite honest. Yeah, I think it's because also too, you know, no Drew Brees, no Sean Payton. Both yeah. teams are in the down in the dumps right now. And yeah, it really does feel like another lifetime ago. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I'm also I'm a huge Dodger fan, and the the biggest scandal for the Dodgers is the Astros cheating scandal. Yeah. And when the Astros win the World Series this year as a Dodger fan, all Dodger fans are still so pissed about that. And and um and that's something we haven't let go of. I guess the stakes were a little bit. High. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. But there's still a lot of the same players, and it still it still feels fresh even five years ago. Um. But uh, for some reason, this one has seemed to seem to be moved on seem to be brushed away so I, I don't get to talk to a lot of rams folks so i do have a question so when the no call happened mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what was the reception in like the rams market like was it like oh we got away with one or was it like great call ref good job keep doing what you're doing no i no i don't think anybody <laughs> i think the less we could talk about it the better was the feel that i had you know like look we benefited from a call there's no there's no denying that and that's an understatement right like i know that's the understatement of the century especially <laughs> talking to a new orleans audience we benefited big time from that call and so i think i think we as we as a market had to fall into the camp of 
well, there were a lot of plays throughout the game and things that could, the same thing that Sean Payton would have had to say, right? I, 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 I'm sure he said more than that, but yeah, I, so that might be a bad example. This is what, what a coach is he, supposed Ra- to Sean say. Sean Payton actually wore the Roger Goodell clown nose shirt. Yeah, yeah. So he actually, yeah, so he actually is, is, is anti it. But the whole <laughs> idea of like, I guess it a, a more minor call that happens and people are kind of like, well, you know, there were a lot of opportunities before the game that we could have done. We had to sort of do that ourselves. Like, well, we, and, and I, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. I tend to be a pretty even keel. Like I, I can sort of see unbiased sides of things. There's probably a lot more emotional people out there who are like, no, screw that. We didn't cheat. That call was fun. I, I didn't fall into that camp quite personally. I don't know that many of us did, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was not fun for new Orleans. I apologize on behalf of, I don't, I don't even know on behalf of who just ever, just the universe. Yeah, it was, nothing, it was nothing the Rams did. It was actually the referees. Yeah, th- yeah. I think that's why it was weird for Rams fans because we were like, I, we're going to the Super Bowl. That's great. Like, I don't I don't know what we could have. We didn't we didn't cheat. It was something like the Astros. We didn't we didn't have trash cans banging to make him not catch that ball or not call that call, you know? So, yeah. Well, for the Saints, too, it was like extra, extra bad because the year before that, it was the, you know, Stefan Diggs on the that minnesota game uh that's right i refuse yes. to call it the minneapolis miracle but that's what they have decided it was yeah there was um, no miracle there that was just a missed tackle and then and then the year after that was kyle rudolph getting away with offensive pass interference in the end zone uh, for another over anyway it's it's been rough so let's move <laughs> on brutal yeah and <laughs> so, then, and then and not to i'm not trying to rub it in but then you get a season like this season right it's like yes. oh god now we might not even get the chance to be robbed in the postseason right in the playoffs uh, yeah well, yeah. speaking of getting robbed of the playoffs, why do the Rams suck? <laughs> if I had the answer to that question, I would I'd, I'd probably be working for the Rams. I'd have the solution, right? I it is the strangest thing ever. Look, we came into the season with such high expectations and it's crazy to be able to look back at at game 1 against the Bills now and there was such a build up to that game for the, the Rams and Bills kicking off the season, two high-power teams and we basically didn't show up to that game and and we could sort of chalk it up to oh super bowl hangover we didn't do a lot in in uh in preseason to kind of gear up for this we weren't ready um but then just every game following has been more or less the same more of the same um we I, I, look I'll, and i'll be completely honest with you i'm our podcast is much more based on kind of the fan experience. So I am not an X's and O's guy. So I'm not, I'm not going to even be here and try to pretend that I can get into complete detail about what is wrong with the team. But as a, as a fan, as a person who loves rooting for the Rams, we just are not putting things together. We're not, we're not, uh, we have the lowest, like lowest efficiency in both passing and, and running. I saw a chart on that. I think maybe you, you shared that Jeff. Uh, I can't remember, but it has just been, game after game of not looking terrible, but just not looking great and teams beating us. So it's been, it's been really sad. It's been really sad. I know the, the offensive line has been a big area of concern and just, I guess it's between injuries and just a lack of talent there that there's been such a shuffle up front. Yeah, nine nine games in, we've had nine different starting offensive lines. So it's been it's been mostly injuries. Those are my dogs fighting in the background. By the way, they are they are just as angry as I am about the Rams. <laughs> we haven't been healthy. We've lost several of our offensive linemen for the season. So we're using young guys, and um, and yeah, and look, I don't have to spell it out. Like like that makes it really hard for quarterback to 
feel comfortable and then getting rushed constantly. So Matthew Stafford isn't having a ton of time to throw the football and make decisions, uh, at least not what he was expecting to have with a, with a healthy offensive line. No, we can identify very much right now. The center we have is on injured reserve. Uh, our other guard is currently dealing with a pectoral issue and our starting left tackle just had a concussion last game. So we're down three of the five starters right now. And the first round pick they spent on the left tackle was just spent the last eight weeks on injured reserve. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's been, it's, you know, it's, it's not, not a great time right now. Not a great time. Yeah. It's funny. I listened to, uh, an episode of your podcast, I think right after your loss to who'd you put the Steelers. Yes. And as I was listening, I was like, this sounds exactly <laughs> like our podcast. It was, it, it's this sort of attitude of like hands in the air. I don't even know what to do anymore. Like this is not, this right. is stopped being funny right. that it's almost funny. You know, it's just, <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's not fun. So it's usually just me after the games because Steve is the sideline reporter. So he's tied up after the game. So I usually do the post game podcast by myself. And when it's, when they win, I call it like a recovery pod because it's like, okay, go get drunk and we'll talk about it. But like when they lose, it's a therapy pod. And I've had to do a lot of like actual therapy, I think during these podcasts. Cause it's just like, I mean, it's just so brutal. Like, yeah. yeah, And maybe I'm more attuned to it just because like when the coaches say stupid shit and then, I tweeted, I end up hearing all the responses because they seem to think that if they t- they tweeted me, somehow the coach is going to hear that. But yeah, it's like just the 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 energy around this team, and I'm sure it's the same with the Rams to some extent, is just so like it's so negative. It's like yeah. there's no I think there's a certain point where teams forget how to be bad, or like a fan base forgets what it's like to be a bottom feeder. And I, yeah. and it's natural. Like every team has to go in that cycle. Like the Patriots are on their way down right now. Like sure. they don't want to admit it, but they're they're there. You know, like the Steelers are right there too. Like it happens. But it's always funny to watch in real time the fan base just kind of realize what it is. <laughs> and that's what the Saints are right now. Yeah, and I think for the Rams, it's happening way sooner than we wanted it to happen yeah. and we expected it to happen. I mean, look, we we have uh we have returning players. We had healthy returning players, star players, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Ramsey, you know, and that's what makes it all the more frustrating is that I I know I admitted to not being much of an X's and O's guys, but like even not being that, none, none of this equates. We should still be good. So, so we're kind of having to have that reality of, oh yeah, we're not we're not making the playoffs this year. And the other, you know, the funny other similarity between us and the Saints is that we're in not great divisions right now, yep. where theoretically we're not eliminated, and and things could get weird, and we could win a few games, and the Seahawks could lose a few, and the Niners could lose a few, and we could find ourselves somehow in the postseason, uh, somehow in the playoffs. That is so. Who knows? It's it's. I'd almost just rather be completely eliminated at this point. So at least there's the freedom of being like, all right, hey, we just get to throw the ball deep and see what happens. You know. The other similarity is, and I know, and I know this to be true, just because it was the only thing anyone talked about last year. Is the Rams just like the Saints have leveraged a lot of future assets? It's not like they just are bad. You know, like the Saints don't have a first round pick to enjoy for being bad. You know, and I know the Rams sent a lot of picks out. Um, yep. you know, to bring in guys like Von Miller and stuff like that, and. Or did they yep. sign Von Miller? I can't remember. Did they trade for Von Miller? Uh, I actually I don't I don't even know. Yeah, I don't I don't remember. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I mean, is, I know yeah. they trade. They made a bunch of trades, right? They were going yep. all in. And I've always said, like, you know, when you have a chance to win a Super Bowl, going yep. all in is the right move, right? You would be doing a disservice to your fans if you felt like, well, we could have won 
but you know we weren't willing to make that move, right? And so then, and they won, so you can get away with it. The Saints had didn't win. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it frustrating is they don't have that Super Bowl. The mem- they can't go when they're having a, when they're ha- watch the worst football game you can remember, and then you yeah. go on YouTube and type in like, "Oh, Saints Super Bowl highlights." Like the ones from 2009 just don't get it done at this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've been holding on to those for for 12, 13 years now, <laughs> yeah. and they're just they're running out of steam, huh? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. No one's around anymore. Exactly. exactly. There is not a single player from that Super Bowl roster currently on the Saints. Yeah, it's literally it's literally a whole different team. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, that is frustrating, and I and I, I know this sounds silly. I don't mean this patronizingly. Like my heart goes out to you. I feel bad, like because at least for the Rams, we got the Super Bowl last year. You know that right. feel that feels really good. And now now we're faced with that reality of oh shoot, this is about as good as it gets because we don't have any any picks coming on the way to to make this any more exciting. So I think that's why it hurts even more because we have these players that are healthy and happy and, and, and uh, we just have to watch them not win games is all. So yeah, I feel for you. I feel for you. I do. Just in the more practical sense, you know, one of the things that obviously is going to be different for this game than anyone expected is Cooper cup's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, obviously Allen Robinson is a name that people will know. Who mm-hmm. are some of the other players who might step in and kind of fill that void for the Rams that, you know, saints players might not or saints fans might not even know about right now. Yeah, the one that uh, on our podcast we were talking about the other day is whether the tight end game is going to show up because we we have two pretty strong and exciting tight ends. Tyler Higby is a name that some people have heard, and and Ben Skoranek is one that we keep. Uh, we, he he has moments of of really like flashiness, and that could be a big connection because. As of today, at least, it looks like Stafford's going to be cleared to play. So hopefully, we'll have our our starting quarterback in. Those are the two to to kind of look look out for. I think you know we haven't had a lot of success with the with the receivers that we are expecting to have, other than Cooper Cup's been. I, I, I the whole audience knows this. I would assume like he's been unstoppable. He's been so consistent, and so I I you know I just hope that. Uh, hope that somebody shows up in 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 their place but yeah i'm hoping to see that tight end game have some fun and see those guys get some yardage for us has there been any kind of explanation on why Allen robinson has struggled so much this season going into this year the addition to the roster i thought was going to be huge for this team especially under head coach sean mcveigh being able to utilize him a lot more than he was in chicago but mm-hmm. the numbers haven't just been there has it been trouble adapting to a new system or just not being able to gel or a, a whole bunch of combination of things. Yeah, my best guess is is just all of the above, right? Like I I don't I I don't know for sure, but I do know that yeah, he that name had a lot of expectation on it coming into the season and we were expecting like, oh my gosh, all right, we got Cooper Cup and now we got Allen Robinson and this this tandem is going to be uh, unbelievable, is going to be unstoppable. And at least my perception of it is that like Allen Robinson felt underutilized like it felt like we weren't going to him very much and when that consistently continued to happen as the season went on I don't I have yet to hear an explanation for that but I have I have a theory you know my theory is that just there's something internal that is for some reason they don't feel confident going to him as much and and look maybe having a guy like Cooper Cup makes that happen where you want it you do want to go to him but um, we'll we'll see. I mean, this could be a chance. You know, the other the other big name is Cam Akers. That was one who was expected to yeah. be great for us. And you know, we had a he was out for two games. I think it was because it looked like he was going to be traded, and then he suddenly came back. And I I don't know. Like again, much like I expected the Rams to be good and and expect that they could turn it on at any point. 
maybe these guys, maybe Cam Akers, maybe an Allen Robinson uh, show up and all of a sudden uh, we're, we're a really, really scary team again. I don't know. I hope. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I drafted Allen Robinson in fantasy and I drafted Matt Stafford in fantasy. And so you can imagine that fantasy team is not doing very well. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry on behalf of, uh, of, yeah. of all the Rams. Yeah, it, it all is, the fantasy it is, owners. Yeah, this is their fault. It's not yeah. my fault for making bad decisions. Um, it is. It is. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll support you on that, Jeff. You know, so I guess my question is, you know, when things have gone well for the Rams this year, and that's obviously very few and far between instances, but when things have gone well for the Rams this year, what have they done well? Yeah, I mean, uh, at least offensively, just move, just moving the ball, being, being kind of having a a, a good pace of play, uh, being, you know, getting quick snaps in and going down the field. I mean, we, I feel like there's been multiple games where our first drive of the game is just is very solid, and we're just we're doing what you're supposed to do. We're getting first downs. We're 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 getting good yardage on second down, so we don't have stressful third and fourth downs, mm-hmm. you know. And um, so yeah, we can have we've had a pretty we've had moments of successful passing games. The, the one thing that has not been successful at all is any running game. You know, we have not had any success on that. So it's scary to think about trying to rely on that more, but yeah, when, when the, when the passing game is there, we're pretty good. And look, we, you know, we have what people have said is maybe one of the best players in the NFL and Aaron Donald. And, and, you know, when he's pressuring a quarterback and getting in his head and, and, and forcing turnovers, it's great. But Aaron Donald's been been just fine, right? You know, he's looked fine, but it hasn't been this imposing defense that we were hoping to have. And so um, kind of another sort of thing that we expected that we've had flashes of it looking good, but nothing consistent. There's been very little consistent to say, this is what the Rams have been great at this year. So just little flashes here and there. Okay, so I've run out of things to talk about, but I do want to say one thing, which is that I've always appreciated the fact the Rams have a player named Ramsey. I thank you for that. Yes, I think yeah. about that every time I type his name out for anything that I'm doing. I'm like, wow, he's got Rams like if the Saints in his had name. Like Scott Saintsy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If a Saintsy showed up, he would be he would be you know on every billboard in New Orleans. Right. I'm sure. Yeah, it's, it's it's his kismet. Like he he was born to play for that team. Anyway, that's all. By the way, that. if you if you look, let's keep an eye on Jalen Ramsey this week. Not for anything football related, but he I I just noticed this last week, and it's apparently been an ongoing thing. He's been wearing different colored socks than the rest of the team. So the rest of the team might be wearing yellow pants and blue socks, and it looks real clean. And for some reason, he has on yellow pants, and it sticks out like a sore thumb so there's he a special, there's, that at all? he does he, he got fined yeah. a stupid amount for it and i'm sort of like dude can you just like i get it there's a quote that he has of like there are more important things the nfl should be focusing on and maybe he's maybe that's the statement that he's trying to make so good for him because he, he did just make it but i'm like dude can you just cooperate and and it and it also drives my ocd crazy because i'm like all the blue socks and one yellow so you're welcome if that drives you or any of your oh, listeners crazy as they're watching now that reminds me of, um, I think it was Jabbar Gaffney. When he was playing for the Steelers, He they had these yellow and black striped socks on a throwback jersey, which oh. Saints are going to be wearing throwback jerseys this week, in case you didn't know oh, that. Cool. And so he like twisted them so they looked like a barber pole. Let me let me share my screen. So just, yeah. you know, this might not even make the podcast, but I need you to know this since, you're, since <laughs> you, this, the sock thing is bothering you. Exactly, um, I, yes. Like that's what they looked like. Oh my gosh, yeah. Those, those look super cool. But, well, so they, they're supposed to be the straight stripes. Yeah. But he like twisted them. Yeah. So they look like a barber pole. And he got Wait, fined did, for that. He, he got fined for doing that or no? Yeah. Really? Yeah, of course yeah, he that, did. God, that sucks. Because that, look, uh, if, that's if technically you're just. technically the uniform. 
<laughs> I know. If you're just straight up wearing different colors, I'm sort of like, yeah. I like get with it. But that is a display of creativity right there that I am, <laughs> I am a fan of. Oh, and he's well, and it's like this, for it. this uniform is the ugliest thing on the planet to begin with. Like I made it look interesting. Anyway, that's it. yeah, those vertical stripes look terrible. They're so awful. I, I, yeah, I, I want never. I, yeah. I don't know who who okayed that, but uh, it was it was a bad decision. Um, <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Steve, you got anything else before we head up? No, but yeah, this looked like on when the schedule came out, obviously a much more intense matchup than we have this week. Unfortunately, both teams have just, you know, kind of been a huge disappointment and making our lives miserable. I'm calling it right now. This is going to be the game of the week. It's just going to be explosive. It's going to be, it's going to go to overtime. It's going to be crazy and wild. There's going to be back and forth and people are going to be like, see, you shouldn't have slept on these teams. That's I'm calling that now. And I'm also being uh, totally unrealistic and optimistic here. <laughs> yeah. If you're a like zero time. First one to 20, it feels like wins this game. I don't know. Yeah, 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 it's. I don't expect a high score by any means. First team to a two-digit score wins this game. Yeah, oh, come on, 10. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's been a pleasure being on with you guys. And, and, uh, you know, I I hope for a good game. You know, I obviously want the Rams to win, so I'll say go Rams go, but I do wish the Saints luck moving forward. I hope you guys have something to cheer about as the season moves on. All right, we've been talking to Kevin Schatz, host of the Welcome to the Bandwagon podcast. Check it out. Good stuff all around. Thanks for joining us, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Thank you, Kevin. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us here on this episode of Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe on YouTube if you haven't already. And if you are listening to this, maybe go and watch it. If you're watching this, maybe go and listen to it. Give me a follow on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak and follow Steve at Steve Geller WWL latest content over at WWL.com. Check out Sports Talk 48 p.m. every Monday through Friday on WWL AM 870 FM 105.3 in the Odyssey app. And let's see if the Saints can get things back on track for week 11 against the LA Rams. All right, y'all. Peace.